Magandang umaga sa inyong lahat. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I've been staying here in America for more than a year now, but I can't say that I've been Amer- to America if I haven't visited some friends in Pendleton Baptist Church. Because this is home to me also. Because I have met friends through the years. And thank you for inviting me to um, preach and be a blessing to all of you. Um, my earliest um, memory of Pastor Marty is, as long as I can remember, was when I was a kid. Um, we were driving him to the airport to drop him off to go home. And he let me borrow his iPod and listen to music. So I was thinking, this American is so good to me that he gave me his iPod. <laughs> but he was just bar- letting me borrow it. And during the trip, I was listening to his music, and one moment I fell asleep. Not knowing that I was not listening to music anymore. I was listening to his sermons. <laughs> I was listening to sermons, so that helped me sleep. And then, uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, I have uh, remembered a lot of names, remembered a lot of faces, so many familiar faces, but God's been good to all of us. He's been faithful. A little bit of, um, I want to share my testimony as a kid. um, When I grew up, during the afternoon, my parents were so lazy to take care of us. They let us go to sleep in the afternoon instead of playing around, running around. And then one moment, my dad called me, said, son, let's go to the bedroom. And I said, oh man, he's letting me sleep again. I don't want to sleep. I want to play, run around. But that day, we sat on the bed and he told me about Jesus Christ. And I've known him as my Lord and Savior, but when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, I had a lot of questions in my mind. What happened after I accept him as my Lord and Savior? So at that moment, I, I can't say that I'm sa- 100% saved. But when I went to Sunday school, um, uh, uh, after a long time, a Sunday school teacher told me that if I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I would go to heaven and be to him someday. And then another question in my mind, went into my mind is, what if, I know I'm going to heaven, but what if I did something bad again? And then one preacher told me that uh, as long as I'm saved, I'm saved eternally. I'm eternally secured. So praise the Lord for that. So I didn't know the gospel fully in, the, in one moment, but in a moment if in time. So God's been good to me. And a little bit of history in my training is that I saw my dad uh, being a pastor at a very young age because I grew up as a Christian. And what happened is I saw how, as I think as a kid, I didn't see how hard it is to be a pastor. So I said, I want to be a pastor less like my dad. And every, everyone said, are you sure? Are you really? Because <laughs> I didn't know how hard it is. But then um, so people started to question, am I sure I want to be a pastor? Because uh, personally, I don't know yet. Because... I didn't see, saw a, being a pastor as a calling back then. I saw it as a job. But then I grew up during that youth camp. 
on the very last day under invitation, one pastor prayed and Pastor Ronnie Morales told while we were praying that there is a need in the world for people to surrender their lives to Christ in the full-time ministry. So I went forward and I heard God knock on my heart to be a pastor and surrender my life in the full-time ministry. And then I got some training and I went to Bible school. And then that's when I heard the, the knock on my heart to be a missionary as well, not to be only a pastor, but um, help the work of God be a missionary and plant churches. So during that, my training, I've been to, um, I think, three churches, my dad's church, and he helped me, he let me work on Tapwak, Pastor Daniel's church, for I think five months. And when I went to Bible school, I went to assist Pastor Gideon on Olongapo. So that's my experience in training, and I went to Fundamental Baptist College for Asians, and God opened the opportunity to me to be, to study overseas, which God has been good to me because it's not that simple for Filipinos to go here. You have so many requirements, you have to go to an interview, in which during that time, it's a 50-50% chance that you're going to pass and get your um, get your student visa. So I prayed the Lord for that, and I told, I told God that if I passed this interview and got to study here in, the Ameri- in America, in the United States of America, I will give all of my best to be trained. I will give all of my life for the Lord and be a help to Him. So I got to study um, where my parents study, where my parents' alma mater is, is. And my plan is when I finish, when I finish, I got to go back, plant some churches, and be a blessing uh, and be used by God. So praise the Lord for that. So I would like uh, to take also this opportunity for the people who took care of me during my stay, Pastor Marty, Brother Mark. Thank you for arranging everything. I know you have a lot of things to do. I know you guys are busy. I've seen all the plans that you are planning about. But thank you. I may not thank you all of you. I might, I might not remember all of the stuff that you have done. But I remember that the feeling that I had here, which is really a blessing. So let's... Um, Let's open our Bibles and let's start the preaching of the Word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. So it says here, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Praise the Lord for the reading of his word. Let us, let us pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace, asking for forgiveness, dear Lord. We are sinful, and we thank you for giving us the opportunity to gather, to have fellowship, with you, dear God, to worship you with all of our hearts. Dear God, such a shame for me to tell you that I am a nobody. I am a sinner, dear God. There are a lot of people that um, can speak better than me. There's a lot of people that 
have more abilities than me, dear God. But I know that there is a reason that you chose me this hour, this moment, dear God. And whatever reason that may be, whatever results that may be, dear God, I will glorify you with all of my heart. May you open our hearts and our minds. Don't let us go outside this building empty-handed, dear God, that we go home with, the mes- with your message in our hearts and mind. Use me as a, mouth- as a mouthpiece, dear Lord. We thank you and give all of you the praise. Yes, name we Amen and amen. So we're going to tackle about First Peter and um, just a little bit of brief history. Peter, here his job is to encourage Asia Minor, the Christians in Asia Minor. And what happened is um, the, Christ, the early Christians, the first century Christians were persecuted. And Peter got the opportunity to encourage the persecuted Christians which reminded me of the times we are having right now. Um, I'm praying for countries all around the world, the Christians all around the world, not only in my country, because everywhere, you may not know, but Christians are being persecuted. Every household is affected. Every workplace is affected. Everywhere is persecution all around. So one thing that Peter did to encourage the persecuted Christians is to remind them which this verse 18 tells, talks about for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things so he started to give them hope so my question to now, now is where is our hope in because there are things that we hope for during times of trouble. There are things that we hope for when we feel pain. There are things we hope for when we are having a hard time. But right now, I asked you this morning, where is your hope? To know where our hope is, it says on the first phrase, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed were corruptible things. Paul reminded them, But we need to know, where are we redeemed from? Where are we redeemed from? The word redeemed means to purchase. So where are we purchased from? So everyone knows how a credit card works, right? We need to spend now and pay later kind of type of deal. And what happens is, what happens if we spend more than what we can pay? We, we have um, limits, but what if we exceed that limits? We become a slave to debt. That's what happened to humanity when we have been fallen to sin. We became a debt to sin. So um, what if we don't have that type of money to pay off our debt? Just like in the Christian life, we don't have anything to pay off our sins because we are sinful. That gets us to our first point, that we are slaves to sin. That means we have no hope. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all means that means me, that means you, that means every one of us. The human need and the divine provision are, are like applied universally. 
some people say that they can exceed the expectations or exceed the standards of men. But that doesn't mean that we, but at the same time, we are exceeding God's standard. We have fallen short, and that means we miss the target that God is requiring. Left to men, man, left to himself, cannot attain God's standard for righteousness. So that means we have no hope if we are left to ourselves. God's holiness is demands man to be eternally separated from him in hell. Some people deny that they are sinners. They say that if I am a sinner, if I am a bad person, why am I not in prison? Why are not the police running after me? So that doesn't make me a sinner. That only makes me a man. So sometimes they get offended when they are told that they are a sinner. But one illustration I give to you is this. How many banks do you need to rob to be called a bank robber? We have to rob a bank once to be called a bank robber. So that means we only have to sin once. And in the eyes of God, we are already a sinner. So man's soul is eternal. That means that we live forever. But that doesn't but there are two places we can spend our eternal life in. Number one is eternal hell. That means eternal death. Number two is eternal heaven. So God's holiness demands man to be eternally separated from him in hell, which we have no hope with our own accomplishments. But man tried to make different kind of ways to exceed the expectations of God in, in more ways that I can imagine, in more wrong ways that I can imagine. But one truth is man cannot redeem himself because of the price that needs to be paid. That gets us to our second point, dead hope. So number one, no hope. Secondly, is dead hope. On First Peter 18, that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. In the Greek language, redeemed means eluthrotete, which means brought back from sin. So we are not brought back from sin with perishable things, that means corruptible, perishable things, as silver or gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers. Money cannot take us to heaven. Tradition cannot take us to heaven. Even religion itself cannot take us to heaven. And why is that? Vain means, in Greek, matthias, which means useless or worthless. So, worthless tradition cannot take us to heaven. In the Philippines, for all those who've been to mission trips, we call something that is called a Holy Week. And on the last day, um, some of you have witnessed people cutting themselves and beating out their cuts, and they bleed and walk around in shame, covered in faces. It's a horrible thing to watch. It, it, it's a terrible thing to watch because 
they are bleeding, they are hurting themselves for nothing. Because they thought that they can pay their sins with their own blood. But the blood that comes out from them is man's blood. And as we said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our blood cannot save us. Our blood, because man's blood is worthless. Because man's blood is, sin, is sinful. So the price of redemption is perfect sacrifice to satisfy God's holiness. Because God is holy, that means he is perfect and he separates himself from perfect things. But here is the good news. The bad news is we have no hope. But with the good news, it says on verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ. Precious blood of Christ. Come to think of it. It says precious. Is there anything that we value in this life that are precious to us? Come think of the wedding ring your husband gave to you. Think of the hobbies that you have been taking care of. Think of the relatives that you are, have been precious about. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, precious means very important. That means Jesus Christ is very important. Jesus Christ is important in three ways. Number one is he is perfect. He is precious enough to be called perfect because from the beginning of his life to, him, to the death of, uh, on the cross, he didn't even sin once which makes him a perfect person. He didn't even thought of sin. He can't sin because he is God. Jesus is 100% God and he is 100% man. But brother Kyle, that's not mathematics. <laughs> but our God is beyond mathematics. Our God is beyond human comprehension. So he is perfect. That's why he is important. Number two, he is perfect. He is important because He is the promise. In the Old Testament, it says that He is the promise. And every story that is ever told in the Old Testament foreshadows the coming of Christ, that there is a promised Messiah coming to save man. And third, Jesus Christ is important because He paid the penalty that we cannot pay. He is perfect. That means He is the perfect person to fit the bill that we cannot pay. He paid the penalty for our sins that we cannot pay. Christ willingly died for our sins. Um, when a person dies, its body, his or her body gives up physically, then dies. But Jesus Christ did it differently. Jesus Christ willingly died for our sins. It says on Luke twenty three forty eight, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into, my, into thy hands I command my spirit. He was saying this while he was on the cross. Notice when Jesus Christ died, he didn't just die because he died naturally. He surrendered his spirit and then bowed his head. Isn't that? Beautiful. Isn't that something to think of? That Jesus Christ is the only person that can control death 
itself. So that gets to our last point. Christ paid the sins that satisfied the demand that God is asking. So first, no hope. Second, dead hope. And lastly, living hope. Remember that credit card that I told you earlier and called, we sometimes we called the bank and said, I cannot pay for that. Here's, here's my money. Here's $50. You think I can pay for that? And then the credit card company says, no, we can't accept that payment. How about $100? I said, no, we cannot pay for that. So it is impossible for us to pay for our sins, but the good news is someone paid it already. Someone paid for the bill. Um, as I remember, my father is allergic to bees. And one moment during, our live, uh, during, during my childhood, there was a bee in the living room. And what happened is he got stung by a bee in front of me. I saw how he reacted. I saw him cry, and I saw his face puffed up, which is um, a memory that I cannot forget. And one moment, the bee is still there, and I was still afraid of it to get bitten by that bee because it's still alive. It's flying around. I'm running um, away from it, and my mom said, that bee cannot sting you anymore because your dad took the stinger. It cannot harm you anymore. Same thing with what Jesus Christ did for us. He took the sting of death. Our Father died as Jesus Christ took the sting of death so that we cannot taste the sting of death anymore, which is a blessing. Romans 3.24 says, Being justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Justified or justification is a very, very complicated word when you tell it first time to a person. It's very long, it's very complicated. But I would like to explain it to you the simplest way possible. Justified in this context means that just as if you have never sinned. Because Jesus Christ took the stinger of death for the payment of our sin, God sees us just as if He never sinned. Because when God looks at us, He sees His Son that took the payment for us. Second part of that verse is through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Redemption also is a complicated word and uh, a very, very long word. So I would, oh, as I end my message, redemption has been used in the Old and New Testament. Leviticus 25.25 says, If thy brother be waxen poor and had sold away some of his possession, and if any of his own kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. So there are types of principles in the Old Testament that overshadows 
and pictures the redemption of sinners. In the New Testament, Paul explained redemption to the Galatians in three different words or ways. Number one is, um, he used the word arogazo, which means to purchase in the market. So when we are slaves to sin, just like in the slave market, we are on display and death is trying to buy us, which he can. That puts us in display, each and every one of us. But to purchase in the market, which arogazo means, everyone who was sold under sin was purchased by the sufficient blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient enough to buy everything that Satan bought, that death bought. Which is a good reminder because our second word for redemption is ekagorazo, which means to purchase and take home. The Christians have been purchased out of the marketplace, just like my illustration. But if you buy something out of the marketplace, is it still for sale? No. So that means when we, Jesus Christ bought us, we are no longer for sale to death. Lastly, lutroo, which means to purchase and give freedom. The liberty belongs to a soul redeemed by God. We are purchased out of the marketplace and are no longer for sale because that means to take home. Jesus Christ is going to take us home. Amen? We have the freedom because we are not bonded in slavery anymore when Jesus Christ paid the blood, His precious blood, His perfect blood, His promised blood. So the liberty and which, uh, which gives us freedom that we are not bonded by sin anymore. So as I close the context of this verse, Peter is reminding churches and believers. It also eclipses on how Paul, is, um, his mission work is. It reminds, it gets, it reminds me of the time that we, if what if we are having a hard time, if we are hoping for wrong things, if we just think that we have no hope, we just give up. If we hope for dead hope, that's not going to take us anywhere. But if we hope on the living hope, and that is Jesus Christ, the Christian is encouraged to stand fast in that liberty, to stand fast in that freedom Jesus Christ has given to us. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and not to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Sometimes we forget where God bought us from. Sometimes we forget how our lives is, is going down instead of going up. So when I got saved, when my dad told me the gospel, and as I grew up, I I started listening to other people's testimonies. 
and I think of myself, why didn't I experience that kind of pain that person did? Because I hear a lot of good testimonies, life-changing testimonies, when they really hit rock bottom, they experience a deep amount of pain. I I, I told myself, why didn't I experience that kind of pain? Why didn't I experience that kind of suffering before I met Jesus Christ, even though in a young age? And that's when I realized God told to my heart, you didn't experience that because I saved you from that. You don't have to experience that anymore. So all I can say is God has been good to me. God has been faithful. He gave me the liberty that I cannot purchase and that I may not never forget. We may never forget. Let us pray that we might never forget this kind of redemption Jesus Christ bought us from, which makes us even more precious. So don't feel worthless. Don't feel that you have no hope. And don't put your hope on dead things. Just let let us put our hope to God. And to God be all the glory. Pastor Marty. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, amen? Our hope is not in in perishable things, but in the perfect life of the Lord Jesus Christ, with which He surrendered Himself, willingly, gladly going to the cross to pay the debt that we could not pay through His shed blood, being dying and being buried and then being raised again so that we might walk in newness of life. Our hope is is in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so, first of all, if you're here and you have never met the Lord Jesus Christ, you may have heard about Him, but you've never come to the place of being saved, we would love to talk to you and to share with you and to pray with you how you can know the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are people all around this room uh, who would love to sit down and talk with you. Of course, Brother Kyle would and I would. So, if that is where you are, we would certainly want to want to share that with you. For those of us who have been redeemed, it's a time of rejoicing. Amen? It is celebration. We have hope. We have hope not in perishable things. We have hope not in the futile traditions of our fathers that we've had in the past. We have hope in the living Lord Jesus Christ so that we may stand firm and so that we may stand fast. One of the things that we have been studying, and don't worry, I'm not going to preach, okay? But one of the things that we have been studying is that Christ began a work that he continues through you and through me. And part of that work is for us to proclaim the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, to rehearse it, to celebrate in it, to live our lives dependent upon so that the gospel is centered in our lives and in the expression of our lives corporately as a church. Part of that is, of course, being missionaries where we are. Part of that is partnering with other missionaries around the world, brothers and sisters in Christ, who are proclaiming the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't, it, isn't God good? Oh, well, we can do better than that. I'll ask, isn't God good? You say, He is good indeed. Isn't God good? He is good indeed. He is good indeed. And so we celebrate the goodness of God. One of His promises is that 
he never leaves us alone, that he is always faithful. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Brother Kyle, thank you for bringing the gospel again today. Thank you for declaring the truth that Peter recorded and that the Holy Spirit has preserved and allowed you to share with us. Let's stand together. And again, I would encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in this worship. If you're here and you have never been saved and there is a Holy Spirit conviction, come and talk to us. Reach out to someone close to you who will talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ. But we want to stand firm and stand fast in obedience to Him.